0: What's happening, everybody? On today's show, key takeaways from what the coaches had to say on the SEC teleconferences to get ready for SEC Week 12, and we'll catch up with our buddy Lynn Scarborough of Lindy Sports, get his thoughts on the college football playoff rankings and how all this mess is going to shake out. How many teams does the SEC get in? We'll talk about it coming up next right here on Locked on SEC.
1: You are locked on SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern
0: Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And what's up everybody, welcome into Locked On SEC, great to have you guys along, hope you guys are staying warm out there as the cold temps have taken their way across the south. I'm Chris Gordy, thanks for making Locked On SEC your first listen every day, and remember Locked On SEC is free and available on all platforms including YouTube and at LockedOnSEC.com. Let's jump into it, let's go around the conference. Boots out
1: to the right, Boots to the, right. Boots. Takes the throws, up the ball. what
0: a catch! Around the conference. And we start over at Arkansas, as it's been a... Mighty fall from where they were earlier in the year. Arkansas started the year 3-0, was ranked in the top 10, but since then they've lost five of their last seven games. Just lost at home to LSU this past weekend, and now they got to win uh, in one of their last two regular season games just to go to a bowl game. Up next is a home game this Saturday night against Ole Miss. Sam Pittman, first things first, giving an update on quarterback K.J. Jefferson on Wednesday he said, KJ has practiced most every play this week. I feel good about him playing. Uh, Dalton Wagner has also practiced a lot this week. I cut the suspension off Miles Slusher, so he's practiced this week as well. We're probably as healthy as we've been in a long, long time. Uh, Pittman also discussed uh, wide receiver Warren Thompson leaving the program and transferring, saying that he quit. The Razorbacks and Rebels set for a 6.30 central kick on Saturday night. That'll be on the SEC Network. Ole Miss around a two-point favorite, according to our friends at Online. So, uh, if you like that, jump on it if you think Ole Miss is going to run away with this one. Meanwhile, over at Alabama, Nick Saban on the teleconference this week talking about his defensive coordinator, Pete Pete Golding, in his fifth year. And Saban, very effusive in his praise for Golding, saying – I think Pete's done a really, really good job. He's very bright. He articulates well with the players. He's a good teacher. I think he's a good motivator. I think players respond to him well. He's added some things that has helped us get better. Golding was selected on Tuesday as one of the final 51 nominees for the Broyles Award given to the nation's top assistant coach. So we'll see where he finishes there. The Alabama defense ranked 16th in the country in yards per allowed per game and 15th in the country in points allowed per game. So... Despite their two losses, defense has overall been very good. Saban was also asked to assess Bryce Young's play this year. He said, look, whatever we've asked him to do, he's done a good job of it, and we're going to try to continue to build on that. The Crimson Tide will take on Austin P at uh, 11 a.m. Central on Saturday. That'll be on ESPN+. Meanwhile, over at Georgia, Kirby Smart uh, talking about his fifth-year quarterback, Stetson Bennett, who was uh, – earlier this week announces a finalist for the Burlsworth Trophy given annually to the best former walk-on in college football. Kirby telling uh, the media proud of Stetson what he represents how he represents our school from being a high school walk-on to leading our team he's done a tremendous job and it's a tremendous honor to be honored to be recognized for those kind of awards. Uh, Kirby also asked about the effectiveness of his defense's red zone defense. He said, look, uh, red zone defense doesn't change year to year. It requires a lot of the same things. Denying anyone the ability to run it in, being good at run-stop defense, because it shows up more than anywhere else. George has been very good at denying touchdowns this season. He's going to hope to uh, deny touchdowns to LSU in a couple weeks in the SEC Championship game on Wednesday. Brian Kelly talking about uh, realistic expectations coming into this season and how the Tigers were able to exceed those expectations. Brian Kelly said, I think you have to look at the circumstances when you come into any organization. The health here was such it needed to be rebooted. In these circumstances, it would not, been or would not have been a realistic expectation to say we were going to win the West. Anytime you can over-deliver reflects well on all the young men you have. We're playing a number of true freshmen and transfers we brought in. The kind of kids they are, the kind of production they're giving us has really allowed us to meet and exceed those expectations. Meanwhile, there are rumblings on, you know, could Lane Kiffin leave Ole Miss to head over to Auburn? One SEC West School for another SEC West School. ESPN's Chris Lowe putting out there on social media, he thinks if it happens, it'll be because of Auburn's massive NIL funds. Chris Lowe tweeting, the overriding reason Lane would leave Ole Miss for Auburn is the hefty NIL fund Auburn has built. In the NIL world, that kind of cash is the key to sustaining success at a high level. Both in attracting high school talent and keeping players from transferring, uh, as proof of their financial abilities in this new era, Auburn recently unveiled their nearly ninety-two million dollars football-only facility uh, that'll take care of the players and everybody there. Kiffin, in his third season at Ole Miss, is uh, eight and two this year, led uh, Ole Miss to a ten and three season last year with a Sugar Bowl appearance. So he's done a fantastic job. See if he jumps ship for Auburn. Now, the voice of the Tigers, uh, Anthony uh, Andy Burcham, he was on with Greg McElroy and Cole Kublik this week, and he was asked about the coaching search. He said, look, ultimately it's John Cohen's call. And I think he's going about this in a systematic way. Is there emotion when it comes to this? Absolutely there is. I think that just shows how uh, beloved that Cadillac Williams has been at Auburn. But I don't know how much emotion is going to play a factor in John Cohen's search. So... Uh, Some people thinking Cadillac maybe should get a look-see to be the permanent head coach at Auburn. But, uh, again, be John Cohen's decision to make. Now, speaking of Cadillac, he is looking to build off of their win last week. They will honor their seniors this week as they take on Western Kentucky. On the media teleconference, he uh, said that the seniors have been through a lot, and he's excited to send those guys off the right way. But it's going to be a tough one. Western Kentucky is a really good team this week, and – Cadillac was asked about their offense. He said, honestly, they get the ball out so fast, the pass rush definitely is going to be important. But I think what's most important is we've got to rally to the football. we got to fly around. we got to play sound football on the defensive end. Auburn 4-6, Western Kentucky 7-4. This will be a 3 o'clock Central game on the SEC Network on Saturday. The Hilltoppers have been known to win on the road in the SEC uh, remember 2019, they traveled to Arkansas, won that one 45 to 19. Defensively, Western Kentucky leads college football in forced turnovers, defensive touchdowns, and interceptions. So, again, Auburn going to have their work cut out, cut out for them. One other note on uh, Lane Kiffin talking about preparing for Arkansas this week. He was asked about KJ Jefferson, who we mentioned returned to practice. Kiffin said he's obviously a problem because he's so physical when he runs the ball, runs the football. You can uh, he can make you miss and run you over. We had a major issue with him last year. If you remember, that game was a uh, shootout. Ole Miss won 52-51 after Arkansas failed on a two-point conversion try on the last play of the game. Lane Kiffin also asked about the cold temperatures being forecast for Saturday. at Fayetteville, Say, said, look, if it comes to rain or wind, that affects different things in the play calling and stuff. But when it's just cold, that affects both teams. So won't impact game planning for me. You know, over at Mississippi State, Mike Leach talking about senior day for his guys as they get ready for East Tennessee State. He said, look, this is a great cl- class and a great group of guys. We're excited to go out and play. Senior days are a little bigger for fans than they are for the players. Part of it is you're going to be around each other uh, a while longer preparing for a bowl game. So Mike Leach getting ready to send his seniors off. Meanwhile, Jimbo Fisher over at Texas A&M. They're just trying to get a win. They bring in lowly 1-9 UMass this weekend, but a and sitting there 3-7. Jimbo asked this week uh, the most difficult part of the season, what that was for him. He admitted the Aggies have not turned a corner. He said just that we can't find a way to get over that little hump. As a coach, for our fans, for our players, you want to get those results. They just haven't been there. We just got to keep working hard. Uh, the Aggies have the worst record in the SEC, arguably the worst season among Power 5 programs when they started the season preseason number six. So we'll see what happens with Jimbo. At the end of the season. Meanwhile, over at Kentucky, uh, Mark Stoops still kind of hanging his head after that loss to Vanderbilt a week ago. But on Wednesday, he said he's been impressed with how good uh, Georgia has been defensively this year after all the talent they lost in the NFL last year. And they're going to have their work cut out for them this weekend uh, he said, after having so many guys be such high picks and being so dominant a year ago, it's really a credit to Kirby and his staff, the way that they've recruited and developed their team, and that defense still so, so good. That'll be the 3.30 Eastern game on CBS on Saturday. Over at uh, Florida, they are uh, preparing for their game this weekend against uh, Vandy, and they're going to have a couple of guys no longer on the team. Their uh, reserve defensive lineman, Griffin McDowell, has enter- entered the transfer portal, and veteran linebacker, DeWan Black, was dismissed from the team due to disciplinary reasons. So uh, a couple changes there. And then some uh, thoughts on some postseason awards. The Walter Camp Player of the Year semifinalists were announced. SEC with seven players on that list, including Will Anderson, Stetson Bennett, Brock Bowers, Jaden Daniels, Hendon Hooker, Jalen Hyatt, and Bryce Young. And then the Brock Nagurski Trophy is named their four finalists, which include... Two from the SEC, Georgia safety Chris Smith, and Alabama linebacker Will Anderson. And there you have it. It is the latest news going on around the conference. Thank you guys again for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Coming up next, we're going to catch up with our buddy Lynn Scarborough from Lindy Sports. We'll talk college football playoff rankings and much more with him. But first, uh, this episode is brought to you by our friends over at NuGenics. If you want more energy to counter the negative physical effects of aging, NuGenics Total Testosterone Booster with testafin will help you turn back the clock, re-energize your workouts, and get you better results at the gym, and help you feel and look like the man you really want to be. Because Nugenix Total T boosts free testosterone that the aging process robs. You will feel stronger, leaner, with more energy and drive, and more passion. that Your partner will notice the difference as well. Nugenix Total T is the number one selling testosterone booster at GNC, Nugenics Total Tea can help re-energize your life and help you get back the powerful, confident, good-looking warrior that you used to be. You can get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total Tea when you text COLLEGE, C-O-L-L-E-G-E, to 231-231. You text now, you get a bottle of Nugenics Thermo, their most powerful fat incinerator ever with key ingredients to help you get back into shape fast. It's absolutely free. Text COLLEGE to 231 231 Text College to 231231. Texting enrolls you into recurring automated text messages. Consent not required to purchase. Message and data rates may apply. This episode also brought to you by our friends over at the Tax Act Texas Bowl. Houston's biggest college football event returns December 28th with the Tax Act Texas Bowl. Do not miss out on your chance to be a part of the passion, the pageantry, and the fun as the college football season draws to a close with the Big 12 taking on the SEC in a primetime showdown at NRG Stadium with conference bragging rights on the line. Tickets go on sale very soon, Sunday, December 4th at TaxActTexasBowl.com, but you can visit the website today and join the priority wait list now to get your first chance to buy tickets and exclusive discounts. That's TaxActTexasBowl.com. Tailgating, live music, great food, drinks, and the spirit and energy that makes college football so fun will be on full display for a fantastic night of college football. It's December 28th in prime time at NRG Stadium in Houston, TaxActTexasBowl.com for all the details and to sign up for the priority wait list tax at texasbowl.com Continue on here Locked On SEC One of our favorite moments every week is catching up with our buddy Lynn Scarborough of Lindy Sports, and he joins us now as he does every week. Let's get him in here. Uh, Lynn, good to talk with you, man. How are you?
1: Hey, guys, doing great. I'm up here on Lake Martin in Alabama, and it's, uh, I don't know what y'all got down there, but the summer is gone. So uh, it was, I, I was at the uh, Auburn AM game, you know, Saturday night, and I think when that game was over, it was 40, 42 degrees and got down to like 30 nine or something and it uh, I think it was in the high 40s this morning so uh, we've got the, we finally got football seasons almost over and at least in Alabama we finally got football weather
0: yeah well no doubt it's it's cold just about everywhere across the SEC right now but Lynn uh, we got our third edition of the college football playoff rankings the other night any big takeaways from this edition of the rankings
1: yeah not much changed and I, I didn't really think it would I mean UCLA had a bad loss to, to a very mediocre Arizona team. Uh, you know when they dropped out, uh, Oregon dropped behind uh, where they were because of the loss to Washington. But again, that was a you know that was a loss to a to a good team on the road. Um, other than that, I you know I didn't see didn't see much to change. And really, I don't think I don't think much you know should have changed. the 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 thing that's going to really uh, change things and get things going to be when Michigan and Ohio State play next week. Uh, because I you know it's I think TCU will beat Baylor. Uh, Baylor had a an inexplicably bad loss to me on Saturday. I, I mean, I thought they might lose, but they lost like thirty-one or thirty-four to three uh, at home. I think anyway. the ba- The Baylor loss was uh, the the magnitude of the Baylor loss was surprising to me, which makes me feel better about TCU winning it. Um, I think TCU guys is I think they got to run the table to make it because I think if they have one loss that that they will be considered uh, on the bottom rung of one-loss teams. So if you're sitting there with, with Tennessee with one loss, if LSU were to beat Georgia and, and them have one loss, let's say Southern Cow runs the table, they have one loss. Um, Michigan-Ohio State uh, loser has one loss. I'm afraid TCU is going to have to be undefeated to to outrank those teams in the, uh, in the uh, poll. They play Iowa State at home to end it, so I think they'll beat Iowa State, and I, I really think they'll beat Baylor. Uh, but then they've also got to win the you know the Pac-12 championship game. So you still got to still got a lot of football to be played, and you know everybody's getting hot on Southern Cal. Well, they they still got to play UCLA, coming off that loss. Then they got to play Notre Dame, and then they're probably going to play the Oregon or Washington for the for the Pac-12 championship. So um, I, I think I think you got some teams that look in good shape, but they they got some rough. Uh, some rough games to play i still like tennessee's position better than anybody else's you know, if they're going to beat south carolina and vanderbilt and set unless something very unusual happens uh there'll be uh there'll be 11 and 1 their only loss being to the defending national champion yeah, well, so I, I still like uh, they're in less jeopardy than georgia is with georgia having to play lsu
0: what's it yeah what's interesting lynn is yeah you've got tennessee sitting there at five you got lsu there at six you got USC, like we said, they've got two great tests coming up with ranked teams against UCLA and Notre Dame, and then probably going to play as Oregon or Utah in the Pac-12 title game. So if USC runs yep. the table, I think the Pac-12 gets in. Like you said, TCU is the Big 12's only shot. If TCU trips up at all, they're out. But then what happens? You know, with LSU sitting there one spot behind Tennessee, if they beat number one Georgia in the SEC title game, which isn't likely, but Kirby is and 2 against LSU since he's been at Georgia, so... If that happens, you know, does LSU leapfrog any of those teams? Do they get in? Is Georgia still in as a one-loss team? I think that's what the committee's hoping doesn't happen because it's really going to muddy the
1: waters. Well, there's no question about that. You, you got, you'd have, uh, if that happened, you'd have, I think, the possibility of, of maybe six one-loss teams. Uh, might have been five. Um, you know, I guess theoretically, the Ohio State-Michigan Winner could lose to somebody from the other division in the Big Ten, but that's that's highly unlikely. Uh, but yeah, if you've got if you've got Georgia with one loss, uh, Southern Cal with one, Tennessee with one, the Ohio State Michigan loser with one, um, you know you got to and you throw in TCU with one if they were to lose. There's you, I think five one loss teams, um, and, and and potentially having uh, having uh, a Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan winner. TCU could still be all undefeated. So, yeah, you're, you're right. It's going to be a mess. The, the thing to point out is that if we didn't have a 14 playoff, this wouldn't be an issue. You know, if you have the 18 playoff, which I favor, uh, then, then most of all of this will be done. If you have a 12 team playoff, which is what it looks like they're going to actually do, every team we've named would probably be in it. And so it's just the fallacy that, you know, we've talked about on your show before, and I've written a couple columns on it. Uh, the fallacy of a 14 playoff inherently unfair uh you got five power five teams and four seats at the table uh it's the uh, college football musical chairs as i've called it and uh and that will be rectified uh soon but it doesn't it doesn't help this year
0: All right, we'll catch up more with uh, Lynn Scarborough here in just a second. Lynn, hang tight. Uh, Thank you guys again for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Uh, Coming up next, we'll talk more with Lynn Scarborough on this weekend's games in the SEC. But first, uh, this episode is brought to you by BetOnline.net. They are your number one source for sports betting information. Uh, stats, news, and analysis. You get all the lay sides and trends for every pro and amateur league out there from football to basketball to soccer and eSports. We got it all for you at BetOnline.net. If you love sports podcasts, they got that up there as well. Uh, They're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fixed. You head on over to their website today, do so on your mobile device, and you can learn more. On Friday's show, we're going to talk with our buddy Danny Cannell. He'll bring us... All the information courtesy of BetOnline as we get you ready for the games. Not only in the SEC this weekend, but uh, we'll get him to give us some upset picks as well. So if you're looking to uh, get some bets, get in on the action. BetOnline is the place you need to head. It is BetOnline and is where the game starts. All right, continue on here with our conversation with Lynn Scarborough from Lindy Sports. Love catching up with Lynn each and every week, so let's jump right back into it with uh, Lynn. And uh, Lynn, is there a team that you think that is probably going to finish on the outside looking in? We're talking about the playoff rankings. Is there a team that you think would have a good chance to win it all this year that could be left out? Because it just doesn't feel like there have been a ton of years where a team got left out where we thought you know could realistically have a chance to, to win it all.
1: Oh I think there have been several I think there have been several years when there were. Um uh, the uh and, and before before that I think even more back when they had yeah, what what you had two teams that got in it and you had a number of times that, that there were teams at, at number three uh that was not included when you had the had those computer rankings and stuff, uh when you'd have an actual national championship playoff. Uh, a lot of times they've been, you know, they've been eliminated. Ask uh, ask uh Oklahoma State, AS Kansas State. Uh, both of them had a year uh, when, when they got eliminated. Uh, and and they, they still to this day feel like they had a real argument for playing for the national championship. And, yeah, I think right now, uh, I think every team that we've named uh, on, on a given day uh, could, could win the championship. I think you got six or eight teams that, that on the given day could win the championship. I don't, you know, Georgia almost lost to Missouri for heaven's sakes uh Missouri's Missouri's won four games they got to win uh you know they got to win out in order to qualify for a bowl. Right now in the SEC, guys we've got nine teams that are qualified for bowls. Ironically the only team that is mathematically eliminated from a bowl is Texas A&M. And we had hey hey we we would A&M too Aid. we had them ranked fifth or sixth in the country uh at the at the start of the year. I, I think we had them number 5. And, and they may not win five games. I, I you know I hate it because it's you know a lot of a And M fans are in our audience right now. But this is the biggest collapse that uh, that I remember. Uh, that maybe there's been another one, but where a team ranked this high with this great of a recruiting class and this much of a resume uh, has has fallen on its face this badly. And maybe there's been one that uh, that would that would uh, equate to this, but it's. It's one that slips my mind. Uh, if there if there's been one, uh, so you've got uh, you got uh, Vanderbilt's got four wins. Missouri does, Auburn does, and uh, somebody else, Vanderbilt does. There's four teams with four teams with uh, with four wins. I think, and Arkansas Arkansas's got got five. And um, you, you know, it's going to be going to be tough. Arkansas and Missouri play each other, so both of them will not qualify for a bowl, most likely.
0: Yeah, it's funny. Um, you, mentioned, uh, you mentioned A&M. They get uh, UMass, who's 1-9 this week, Lynn. But A&M's a and ms a 33 and point home favorite. I'm like, what have they done to be 33-point favorites over anybody? So that one's just going to well, be intriguing a, to watch. A, that's
1: a valid point. Hey, <laughs> UMass is mighty bad, Chris. Now, this, this is a bad football team. So I understand A&M's not very good, but that's, that's a different uh, – uh, hey, if UMass gives them a close game – all the wheels have come off in
0: college station. Well, the, the bigger point I wanted to get to, though, Lynn, is this. Where the, we got two weeks left of college football. This thing is going to be over before we know it. Yet we still got all these yep. stupid non conference games. Alabama's playing Austin P. Uh, you know, like we mentioned, uh, A&M's playing UMass, LSU's playing UAB. Like, can we get rid of the? Like, can't we just. Exp- the SEC needs to expand to an additional conference game, right? Like, playing these this
1: late in the season well, I- is silly. Yeah, well, I, I definitely think there should be a nine-game schedule. Uh, so I, I am a proponent for the SEC having nine games. It's got some kinks to be worked out if they do that, because you could you could have it set up so that some of the great in-state rivalries are are going to be gone. I'm concerned about the Oklahoma Oklahoma State rivalry when when they join the SEC. If Oklahoma State never never comes into the SEC, and I don't want to lose Georgia and Georgia Tech, Florida and Florida State. Uh, South Carolina and Clemson. Uh, I think we've lost too many uh, games over the, over the years. That uh, because of these realignments and stuff. I, I I'm a traditionalist and I like I like all those old things. But let me say this: Don't overlook. Let's just take uh, LSU. Uh, the number two rusher in the country is McBride from UAB. Um, UAB is a good team. Now they're not as good as LSU, but. I was going to say Appalachian State's not as good as A and M, but they really might be. But but you've had you know you've had games like that. Uh, if if LSU takes UAB for granted and overlooks them, um, UAB could give could give LSU a ball game. And I'll tell you the one in Auburn. Um, Auburn, you know could have should have beaten Mississippi State and beat Texas A and M, uh, but they got Western Kentucky coming in. Western Kentucky, look up the look up the statistics on Western Kentucky uh, and where they stand. They've got. Arguably, the best passing attack that Auburn will have faced all year. And if everybody's all excited about uh, about uh, Cornell and um, and and how Auburn's done the last couple of ball games, uh, they better watch out. Uh, Western Kentucky is a good offensive team, and, and UAB is not a bad team. And you know, if if teams, it's it's not it's not so much that they not play those teams. It's maybe it's where they put them in the schedule. Or, or it taking the place of expanding to a nine game schedule. But I'm, I'm not an automatic guy uh, saying that. You know, because you, you've got some games each year where some of those quote lesser teams end up having more points.
0: Yeah, no, I, I think that's a good one. I think Auburn better watch out uh, that that Western Kentucky game. That, that's a, that's a pretty scary team.
1: Oh no, th- absolutely. And, and there's a really, I mean Auburn's only a five point favorite. I mean, there's a, there's a reason for that. I mean, Auburn played LSU, you know, toe-to-toe, and they're only a five-point favorite over Western Kentucky. You know, there's a reason for that. And anybody gets to watch the game, I, I think it's televised, you're going to see a really, really good Western Kentucky uh, uh, passing offense. And I don't know if they'll be good enough overall, uh, I mean, Auburn's going to have more depth than them. Auburn's running attack is much better than theirs. Auburn's defense is probably better than theirs, but it's going to have to be to go up against Western Kentucky's offense. And it would, I mean, it would, it would, uh, it surprise me, I guess, if Western Kentucky won it. It wouldn't shock me because this is a this is a team absolutely that can beat Auburn, and and they got a they got a better chance against Auburn than UAB does against uh, LSU. But don't expect LSU to roll over. I mean, uh, UAB to roll over. They're they're a pretty good ball team.
0: He is Lynn Scarborough. Lynn, as always, uh, thanks for the time, man. All right, guys.
1: Talk to y'all soon. All
0: right, that's Lynn Scarborough there of Lindy Sports. Always thank him for uh, joining us to give his perspective on the SEC and college football. That is going to do it for this edition of Locked on SEC. Thank you guys so much for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Now you'll make your second listen. Check out the uh, Locked on Sports Today podcast from the games that matter. The most to the biggest stories in sports go beyond the scoreboard, behind the scenes with local experts and insights. Only Locked on can provide. It's Locked on Sports Today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Chris Gordy. We'll talk to you you guys tomorrow remember Danny Cannell is going to join us and we'll get his picks on some of the games happening around the SEC
1: this weekend this has been Locked on SEC we'll talk to you guys tomorrow